Epistle 15 of Epistles of Cyprian by Cyprian. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Epistle 15 to Moises and Maximus and the rest of the confessors. Argument. The burden of this letter is given in Epistle 31, below where the Roman clergy say, quote, On which subject we owe you and give you our deepest and abundant thanks that you threw light into the gloom of their prison by your letters, that you came to them in such way as you could enter, that you refreshed their minds, robust in their own faith and confession, by your appeals and your letters, that, accompanying their happiness with deserved praises, you inflamed them to a much more ardent desire for heavenly glory, that you urged them onward in the course, that you animated, as we believe and hope, future victors by the power of your address, so that, although all this may seem to come from the faith of the confessors and the divine indulgence, yet in their martyrdom they may seem in some manner to have become debtors to you. End quote. Cyprian, to Moises and Maximus, the presbyters and the other confessors, his brethren, greeting. Celerinus, a companion both of your faith and virtue, and God's soldier in glorious engagements, has come to me, beloved brethren, and represented all of you, as well as each individual, forcibly to my affection. I beheld in him, when he came, the whole of you, and when he spoke sweetly and often of your love to me, in his words I heard you. I rejoice very greatly when such things are brought to me from you by such men as he. In a certain manner, I am also there with you in prison." I think that I who am thus bound to your hearts enjoy with you the delights of the divine approval. Your individual love associates me with your honor. The Spirit does not allow our love to be separated. Confession shuts you up in prison. Affection shuts me up there. And I indeed, remembering you day and night, both when in the sacrifices I offer prayer with many, and when in retirement I pray with private petition, beseech of the Lord a full acknowledgement to your crowns and your praises. But my poor ability is too weak to recompense you. You give more when you remember me in prayer, since, already breathing only celestial things and meditating only divine things, you ascend to loftier heights, even by the delay of your suffering and by the long lapse of time are not wasting, but increasing your glory. A first and single confession makes blessed. You confess as often as, when asked to retire from prison, you prefer the prison with faith and virtue. Your praises are as numerous as the days, as the months roll onward, ever your merits increase. He conquers once who suffers at once, but he who continues always battling with punishments and is not overcome with suffering, is daily crowned. Now, therefore, let magistrates and consuls and proconsuls go by. Let them glory in the ensigns of their yearly dignity and in their twelve fasces. Behold, the heavenly dignity in you is sealed by the brightness of a year's honor, and already, in the continuance of its victorious glory, has passed over the rolling circle of the returning year. The rising sun and the waning moon enlighten the world, but to you, he who made the sun and moon was a greater light in your dungeon, 
and the brightness of Christ glowing in your hearts and minds radiated with that eternal and brilliant light, the gloom of the place of punishment, which to others was so horrible and deadly. The winter has passed through the vicissitudes of the months, but you, shut up in prison, were undergoing, instead of the inclemencies of winter, the winter of persecution. To the winter succeeded the mildness of spring, rejoicing with roses and crowned with flowers, but to you were present roses and flowers from the delights of paradise, and celestial garlands wreathed your brows. Behold, the summer is fruitful with the fertility of the harvest, and the threshing floor is filled with grain, but you who have sown glory reap the fruit of glory, and, placed in the Lord's threshing floor, behold the chaff burnt up with unquenchable fire, you yourselves as grains of wheat, winnowed and precious corn, now purged and garnered, regard the dwelling place of a prison as your granary. Nor is there wanting to the autumn spiritual grace for discharging the duties of the season. The vintage is pressed out of doors, and the grape which shall hereafter flow into the cups is trodden in the presses. You, rich bunches out of the Lord's vineyard, and branches with fruit already ripe, trodden by the tribulation of the worldly pressure, fill your winepress in the torturing prison, and shed your blood instead of wine. Brave to bear suffering, you willingly drink the cup of martyrdom. Thus the year rolls on with the Lord's servants. Thus is celebrated the vicissitude of the seasons with spiritual deserts, and with celestial rewards. Abundantly blessed are they who, from your number, passing through these footprints of glory, have already departed from the world, and, having finished their journey of virtue and faith, have attained the embrace and the kiss of the Lord, to the joy of the Lord himself. But yet your glory is not less, who are still engaged in contest, and, about to follow the glories of your comrades, are long waging the battle, and with an unmoved and unshaken faith, standing fast, are daily exhibiting in your virtues a spectacle in the sight of God. The longer is your strife, the loftier will be your crown. The struggle is won, but it is crowded with a manifold multitude of contests. You conquer hunger and despise thirst, and tread underfoot the squalor of the dungeon and the horror of the very abode of punishment by the vigor of your courage. Punishment is there subdued, torture is worn out, death is not feared but desired, being overcome by the reward of immortality, so that he who has conquered is crowned with eternity of life. What now must be the mind in you? How elevated, how large the heart, when such and so great things are resolved, when nothing but the precepts of God and the rewards of Christ are considered. The will is, then, only God's will, and although you are still placed in the flesh, it is the life not of the present world, but of the future that you now live. It now remains, beloved brethren, that you should be mindful of me, that, among your great and divine considerations, you should also think of me in your mind and spirit, and that I should be in your prayers and supplications, when that voice, which is illustrious by the purification of confession, and praiseworthy for the continual tenor of its honor, penetrates to God's ears, and heaven being open to it, passes from these regions of the world subdued to the realms above, and obtains from the Lord's goodness even what it asks. 
For what do you ask from the Lord's mercy which you do not deserve to obtain? You who have thus observed the Lord's commands, who have maintained the gospel discipline with the simple vigor of your faith, who, with the glory of your virtue uncorrupted, have stood bravely by the Lord's commands and by his apostles, and have confirmed the wavering faith of many by the truth of your martyrdom. Truly, gospel witnesses, and truly, Christ's martyrs, resting upon his roots, founded with strong foundation upon the rock, you have joined discipline with virtue, you have brought others to the fear of God, you have made your martyrdoms examples. I bid you, brethren, very brave and beloved, ever heartily farewell, and remember me. End of Epistle 15 by Cyprian Read by David Ronald